Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Tuesday, October 15th. So much still to play for on both the WTA and ATP tours this week. All of these top players jockeying for those final positions in the World Tour Finals. One spot still available on the WTA side. Two spots still available on the men's side. A ton of different players in play in different events competing for those final spots. And that's what we're going to be talking about a bunch this week. Obviously, no Premier Mandatory, no Masters 1000s events like we've been treated to the past two weeks. But still plenty of action to discuss. We, of course, have an American challenger in Las Vegas and You know that always catches my attention, so I'll talk about that a little bit at the end. We're also going to be talking about college tennis this week. The ITL American, as I've mentioned over the past couple of pods, completed this uh, past weekend. Congratulations to Ito of Texas, Leahy of Pepperdine, the two champions on the men's and women's side, respectfully, uh, with the first, we'll call it a college major of the season, at least individual-wise. You've got the All-American, you've got the indoors uh, at Billie Jean King Indoor Stadium as well in, I think, a month. I want to say, uh, I, I know I'm going to have Chris Halioris on the pod later this ta- this week, our guy from collegetennisranks.com, uh, uh, who of course you obviously listeners remember, I always love to talk college tennis with, so we'll talk to him in a little bit. Uh, we've had some great cracked interviews as well. If you love college tennis, you'll love our most recent guest, Lauren Embry, who I believe is the current assistant coach uh, at Florida for the University of Florida, or if not the current assistant coach there, then obviously the former All-American national champion there. There. She sat down with our Vicky Duval, who unfortunately left me behind for the first time. I'm not going to lie. It hurt a little bit. It's rare that, you know, I give up the reins to Rothman, to Jamie, even to steer one of these. But for Vicky, yes, it, it was just so it, it hurt. But at the same time, it, she, she, you know, she dropped the unnecessary weight because it was such a fun interview to listen to. Vicky does so well getting Lauren to open up about you know, what it's like to, when you have such a successful college career, making that transition into the pros, it's a little tougher when you know, is it time to hang it up, make that transition into your next phase of your tennis career, whether it be coaching or something off the court. Uh, So tremendous interview there. If you like the funny ones, you need something a a little more laid back. Keegan Smith, UCLA doubles champion from last year. I mean, talk about a character, such a funny guy. He obviously having a successful weekend at the All-American himself is going to be a name to watch this season. We've also got Brandon Nakashima, who obviously a semi-final finalist this past week in Fairfield. Quarterfinals round of 16 and two challengers before that. The UVA ACC freshman of the year, the all-ACC first-teamer coming on the podcast, or came on the podcast last night. I believe that interview will be released Thursday. I did ask him whether he intends to go back to UVA or go pro. Not going to reveal that now. I'm going to make you guys listen to the interview, but you'll definitely want to take a listen to his answer, so be on the lookout for those podcasts. I always ask that you like, rate, subscribe, review, and I'm 
sure that gets annoying by now. But look, I can do the math. I see how many downloads we get per episode, and we don't have that many reviews on uh, iTunes. We don't have that many ratings on iTunes. So I feel like given that I've stolen a couple of phones and rated the pods myself, I know there are a bunch of you out there. Please, if you want me to stop asking, just go five-star review, click that five-star button. It'll take you ideally 20 seconds if you're like my mother a bit more technology challenged maybe you screw up the password at first maybe you get distracted like i do i'll click on my phone intending to respond to a text you know three hours later i'm done on an andy murray youtube binge because some part of tennis twitter took me down that path but unlike that you know quick five-star review 15 seconds i'll never have to ask again will we be able to get into tennis even quicker on these podcasts and that's what i'm going to do right now let's talk a little bit of tennis the, the place I want to start on the WTA side, the Kremlin Cup this week, uh, which because we've got a really stacked draw there. Uh, you look at the seeds in this tournament, the number one seed, Alina Svitolina, who clinched that seventh World Tour final spot on the WTA side. Uh, she will be the number one seed taking on down the barrel. Number two seed, Kiki Bertens. Number three seed, Belinda Bencic, the reason I wanted to mention both of them. Those two really the final two players on the w, WTA side in competition for that last spot. Now, Serena Williams herself is at number eight, still 65 points ahead of Burton's, 230 points ahead of Bencic, but it sounds, you know, we talk about controversies and storylines as well in this podcast, it sounds like she does not intend on playing the World Tour Finals. Um, plus, if they do well enough, Burton's and Bencic this week both do have the chance to pass Serena, and so they're jockeying for a position that, you know, last week they played, Burton's losing to Goff, Bencic being up, I believe, 4-0 before going down in straight sets to two in the first round last week. So they're both still playing for their lives. They've got a lot on the line for Bencic to follow up this year. You know, the way she went through Dubai, made the final of Indian Wells. I've talked about that stretch numerous times, but semifinals at the U.S. Open, she wants to be at that World Tour Finals. She wants to prove she's in the same conversation as the Bardis, Osaka's, and Andrescu's, who, you know, plus or minus one or two years are her contemporaries. And in my opinion, she belongs in that group had she not been robbed of a season with injury. I think we'd already speak of her in that way. Um, but And I'm not saying people don't speak of her in that way, by the way. I think Belinda Bencic rightfully gets a ton of credit for the year she's had. Uh, but, you know, her she's fighting for a spot, and that's not to take away from Kiki uh, Burton, who, by the way, uh, for her at age 20, I believe 7, almost 28, you know, you want to be a top 10 player at that point in your career. That is your physical, mental prime when those things start to match up, and so she's fighting for her life as well. She's played really well as of late, and I know, uh, you know, she's got a lot on the line here. She lost a tough match to Ashley Barty in the Premier Mandatory, I want to say semifinal in uh, in Beijing. Were they in Beijing? Shanghai? It's hard to keep track. I want to say they were in Beijing. The men were in Shanghai. Um, but, you know, they both got tough paths here. You look, uh, again, in terms of their draws, Bencic, she's got Herzog first, and then if she wins that, she'd get either number five seed, Diana Yastrzemska, one of my favorite players down the home stretch, or uh, Kirsten Flipkins, who was a 3-2 winner in her first match. For Burton, she's going to match up with Kinepi, uh, and if she wins that, she'll take on the winner of number six seed, Anastasia Sevastova, or Kiki Mladenovic. Again, loaded bottom half of the draw, and that's not to take away from the top half, where we've got... Number four seed, Donna Vekic, taking on Karolina Mukova, uh, and the winner of that playing the number eight seed, Alexandrova, who's come on really strong of late, or Kalinskaya, uh, who obviously a player we're all very familiar with. Um, and then on the top half, number one seed, Alina Svitolina, she's going to take on Kudermatova, uh, and then uh, below that, 
Gracheva knocks off Tomjanovic 3-2. and two. She's going to play the winner of Sakari or Pavgilchenkova. Really fun draw for us to monitor. Again, with there being WTA Finals implications, you know uh, we will talk about that later in the week. So moving on to the next WTA event real quick in Luxembourg. Um, again, a really fun draw here. You look at the seeds. Number one seed, Elise Mertens in the draw. A very fun first-round match. Katie McNally, the young American who obviously came on strong uh, at, in D.C. at the City Open. Obviously played in Cincy at the U.S. Open as well. She's going to play a wild card here. Yelena Ostapenko, who's coming off of that finals, lost to Coco Goff in terms of the other seeds in this event. Number eight seed, Blinkova is going to play Coco Goff in that first round. Uh, obviously, we'll see how Coco can follow up her first title run, that sort of thing, propelling you into the top 80. It's always an emotional thing to follow up and a physical thing to follow up. Keep in mind, she's 15 years old. Um, and in terms of controversies, there's been a lot of talk. that It's like back and forth. Tennis Twitter just wants to find a reason to get mad at itself. And so is, is Coco Goff getting too much hype right now? Are people mad about her getting too much hype? A, because they're concerned for her. Or B, they're like, hey, she's 15. She really hasn't done anything yet. And I just think... I think all of that is nonsense. I think it's great regardless of the time that our sport gets covered by a major outlet. I think, of course, you want to be hesitant before pronouncing someone uh, the next great thing, and I think that comes with a journalistic responsibility to anyone covering the sport is you have to you know, provide context, framework, give her age, give the story, as many successes as we've seen it as the, you know, she's the youngest, I think, tour winner since 2004. It was Nicole Vitasova, right, was the stat we said earlier in the week. And like the context, is Nicole Vitasova a household name now? Absolutely not. And so that obviously isn't, didn't work for her um, as well. And so providing that sort of context, but Coco Goff deserves all of the praise in the world for this past run. There's a reason we don't see 15-year-olds do it this often because it's so difficult to do so. I just think it's important to provide framework, provide context, but absolutely we should be celebrating this thing. That There's an adverse reaction. She shouldn't be getting this press. Uh, No, I think if you're going to be successful, you're going to have to deal with it eventually. Now, again, I just talked about the journalistic responsibility. She also has a responsibility to not let it go to her head, but is there anything we've seen from Coco Goff thus far that suggests that she would let it happen? Absolutely not. She seems such a sweet, loving, tennis-enthusiastic young player, and so... I just, I hate those sort of controversies, but I'm glad to see she's still on the tennis court, obviously, and that's a match I will definitely be monitoring as well. You look at the the other seeds, uh, Georgie yet to play. She'll play tonight against Petkovic. Van Utvenik ups in the first round against Nicolescu, 2-4 retired. Uh, number five seed Kuzmova knocks off former Cracked Interviews guest and uh, young American wildcard Katie Volinet, 6-7-7-6-6-1. The number three seed Rybakina advances. She'll play Alertova. Monica Pui knocks off the number seven seed Farah one and oh she's going to play Christina Pliskova uh, Kirstea is going to play the winner of Gurgis and Dua uh, which are Doi excuse me which is another first round match so again another fun WTA week ahead of us with again live ranking WTA final implications rounding out who's going to be seated at the Australian Open all these things there's still major incentive to follow this tennis Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. 
Uh, let's flip sides now to the ATP. Let's talk a little bit of what's going on in there. As I mentioned, three matches going on. We'll start in Moscow again with another Kremlin Cup, uh, this time in ATP 2 ATP 250 on the men's side. Daniil Medvedev, the winner in Shanghai, was actually scheduled to play this event, which was something we circled a couple of weeks ago. We called crazy. Not a shock, given that he won Shanghai, to see him pull out here. Have to wonder, appearance fee-wise, you know, how many rubles did he give up? I have to imagine the people of Moscow wanted to see him play, but trust me, you are going to get plenty of fun Russian uh, people in Moscow if you are listening to this, uh, because plenty of fun players in the draw. Some of the results such far are number 60 to Andrei Rublev knocks off the dangerous Sasha Bublik, 6-1-3-6-6-4. Uh, in terms of he is the beneficiary of the Medvedev withdrawal as there's no other seed now in his region. And, you know, it wouldn't shock me to see him not only win this tournament, but you should expect a deep run, or not only make a deep run, but even win this tournament because he has been playing that well of late. You look elsewhere, number three seed Marin Cilic, struggling to find form this year. Obviously, that's why he's playing an event like this this late in the season. He'll not he'll play Ivo Karlovic in his first match in terms of who the winners would have there. Either Miomir Kasmenovic, a 1-5 winner in his first round, or Jeremy Shardy, who knocks off Nicolas Jerry 6-4-6-2. So fun top half in, uh, in terms of the bottom half of the draw. You've got Manorino versus Kakushkin round two. Rosal versus Lejovic, uh today, uh, tomorrow as well. Seppi versus Carpeas Benia. Seppi knocking off the number five seed uh, Christian Guerin I should also say Dusan the Dusilajevic the number four seed in this event and then on the bottom Philip Kohlschreiber knocks off Air Bear three and six he's going to play number two seed Karen Hachanov also known as Karen Kiachanov um, and uh, talk about a guy who needs these results he's got Paris on the horizon so every point Hachanov builds from here to now is to protect anything that happens in Paris and given the level of so many other guys I mean you look at Hachanov in the live rankings right now sitting at number nine because again he's got those Paris points, but in terms of uh, the race, number 16, again, way better than you'd expect, given how relevant, I mean, top 16 is probably right, because again, 16 to 35 this year, all relatively similar, but I'm in for, you know, I obviously Medvedev has taken the lead of this grouping, but who wouldn't want to see a Rublev Hachinov battle in the finals? Uh, because the, this young group of Russians really, really talented, as great as Opelka, Fritz, Tiafo, uh, I don't want to forget anyone, so but still Michael Moe, uh, Chris Eubanks, your Donaldson, Ernesto Escobedo, Stefan Kozlov, yada, 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 yada. As great as all of these young Americans have been, I I think if you're a fan of, you know, what are we going to see first, a Russian slam or an American, men, a Russian men's slam or American men's slam in singles, I think the answer would be pretty clear, right? You're probably a little uh, more comfortable being a fan of Russian tennis. And that's why I'm happy because as a Russian American, I get the best of both worlds, right? Not there's some deep, right? Eh, and we're not going to go into my ethnicity right now. You guys don't want to hear my 23 and me, but uh, we'll save. So we'll save that for another time. But in terms of other things to watch this week, let's move to um, Antwerp, where we've got the European Open, another ATP 250 in Belgium. Uh, number one seed Gael Monfils is going to play the winner of Sinner and Matchersek. Although I believe Sinner did win that match uh, today, so. Uh, you know, Yannick Sinner, the Italian wildcard around number 100 in the world now, has had a ton of success on the challenger uh, level recently. We've mentioned him a bunch. I mean, anytime to see him take ATP reps, I'm all in on. But on the bottom half, uh, two guys who have been struggling. Jan Leonard Struff gets a win today, 2-1. But Francis Tiafo is going to take on Yannick Madden. And again, Madden and then Struff, those are two matches. Tiafo at this point of the year, he's got to have. He, he needs something to build off of heading into 
the 2020 season because right off the bat he'll have Australian Open quarterfinal points to defend and it's just you know that was such a huge part of his season given the fact that he struggled so anything he can use to build on important at this point but moving down the draw the number four seed Stan Wawrinka is going to take on Feliciano Lopez who knocks off former cracked interview NTCU's Cam Norrie 6-7-6-6-4 Simone Darcy's winner is going to play Joe Wilfred Sanga who knocks off Sinego 6-3-6-4 Delian versus Cuevas I believe Andy Murray knocks off Copenhans today in straight sets and you know I'm going to be monitoring that hopefully we see another Andy Murray run as well I'd watch a Murray Tiapo final I'd watch a Murray anyone anytime anywhere uh, and so that's what I'll be doing this week. But we've also got Copel taking on the number three seed Schwartzman. Mm, I'd watch Murray Schwartzman. Hopefully we get that opportunity. Um, we've got Peya versus Quan, who knocked off Gasquet, one six six three six four, And then David Goffin going to take on the winner of Umbert and Kovalik. So in terms of ATP finals implications in this tournament, uh, the number one seed, Gael Monfils, I think even if he wins, you know, he's the number one seed, but he's number 13 right now in the race versus David Goffin, who's got serious implications. He wins this, and then he goes into the pair. Oh, I guess for both Goffin and Monfils, they could really bridge the gap with Zverev and make it possible for them to go into Paris, have a huge result, ac- accumulate a bunch of points, and, you know, maybe even steal a seven or eight spot where right now Alex Zverev's got a 330-point lead over number eight, Matteo Berrettini, as well as a a uh, 370-point lead over number 9, Roberto Bautista Agut. Uh, but Berrettini and Bautista Agut separated by just 40 points. Goffin only 200 points behind Berrettini. So again, a lot up for grabs. And both Goffin and Monfils, uh, the two guys in this portion, or in this draw, I should say, who really could impact. Uh, what about Diego Schwartzman? I guess with a win, he gets to two. With a win, he still you know, about 460 points behind Berrettini. So it's t- really tough for Schwartzman, but I suppose we've seen crazier things happen. So Antwerp, relevant as well. And then the last event I want to talk about, uh, our event in Stockholm, another ATP 250, a, a guy with uh, world tour implications, number one seed Fabio Fognini, who fa- Fognini, excuse me, I was told that it's very Midwest of me to say Fognini, that it's Fognini, that the G is silent. You know, real Gs move in silence like lasagna, as the great Lil Wayne always said. Um, but Fabio Fognini, as I as mentioning number 11 right now in the race he finds himself uh 620 points behind Zverev but only 290 points behind Berrettini with a win this week he would get uh right up to only 40 points behind Berrettini and I mean that matters that that's very very good now we haven't seen Fodenini as a huge success in the late portions of the year um, on the hard courts before, but he's going to play Tip Sarovich first round. Uh, his seed in his section, number six seed Riley Opelka, knocked off first round by Travagila. We've got Immer, uh, Elias Immer and Sagita as the other two players in that portion. So to see him get to the to the semifinals at the very least would not be surprising. But then I really like this next portion of the draw. Number four seed Denis Shapovalov. He's got the winner of Oscar Ota or Alexi Paparin, another next gen Australian guy. Uh, as well as wildcard Mikhail Yimmer, who's going to play Jao Sosa, and Braden Schnur, the UNC former Cracked Interview guest, who's going to play Steb first round. So given how well Shapovalov's been playing of late, to see him 
face off against Fodinini. I think that's a matchup we'd all really enjoy. Two Labor Cup guys, obviously, but two guys who have been top 30 players thus far in the year. First draft of all, I think he's really earned that distinction by how he's come on as of late. So that's a fun top half of the draw. And then on the bottom half, number eight seed and the number one British player right now in the world, uh, Daniel Evans, who knocks off Bernard Tomic in three sets. He's going to play the winner of Krajinovic, Rude. Below him, Yoshi Nishioka is going to play Taylor Fritz uh, in the first round. Fritz, the number three seed here. That's going to be a really fun match, especially because Nishioka doesn't hit the biggest ball but he moves you really well, and Fritz, not the best mover, but if you can't really hurt him, he moves better than, you know, than he used to. He does anticipate really well, so that's going to be, I think, a really fun match, and then obviously with his serve against Nishioka's height, that's a tough matchup for Nishioka, but very fun for us to watch. Corrino Busta, who's come on of late, knocks off Millman, 4-3. and three. He's going to play Gianluca Magier, the lucky loser, who knocked off Anduhar, 5-7-6-1-6-1, and then Sam Query uh, is going to play number two seed and wild card in this event Grigor Dimitrov so a ton of fun action to monitor on the ATP side in terms of the challenger action uh, you know, if you're not watching livestream.com backslash ATP, I don't know why not, because we've got a ton of great matches this week in Vegas as well. You know, Steve Johnson, JC Aragoni, uh, second round. I'm all in on that. JJ Wolf, Michael Redlicky, two college guys, all in on two more college guys, I should say, all in on that. Escobedo, Nikola Kuhn, the young German, all in on that. Kozlov, Rola, mmm. Uh, I mean, what else? Let's let's look down. There's Jack Sock, Marcos Giron, both in the draw. Uh, Taro Daniel knocking off Evan King, 6-4 in the third. I mean, this is what I'm talking about. This is where the real fun begins. And so if if you're bored, you need tennis during the day. Uh, it's a two-hour, three-hour time difference, depending on where you are. Maybe one hour. Maybe it's the same time frame for you. The point is there will be tennis going on in Las Vegas all day. And you don't want to miss out on any of that action. But if you have, you've missed anything else from the tennis world, be sure to check out our website, CrackedRackets.com. Uh, you know the deal by now. If you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you want to see our Best of the Decade series uh, video we did talking about the best ATP season of the 2010s, our consensus, 2015 Djokovic, number one, 2013 Rafa, number two. Uh, from there, the list gets much more fun and much more debatable. So if you know, we want to hear your thoughts, we want to know, do you agree? disagree i have some hot takes about andy murray in there that i promise you'll enjoy and i think objectively have to be too they're not actually hot takes they're just takes um but that's up to you the listener to decide and if you want to hear that check out our great shot podcast which is where you can find it on that feed check out cracked interviews again for people like keegan smith blair henley you know tony bresky brian boland mitchell Kruger, steve johnson katie volley that's uh we, Vicky Duvall, CeCe Bellis, Mackie McDonald, here and here. You can find them there. Find it on our daily podcast, obviously. This podcast, The Mini Break, which, again, we ask, like, rate, subscribe, review, leave that five-star review, uh, leave that, or rating, excuse me, leave a nice little message for us. So I'll say, I listen to this. Please stop bothering me. Stop saying it on the podcast. Your five-star rating and review are there, and I will stop saying it when those numbers match up. But huge shout-out, as always, to the super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Wastoff, who they know. Have a f***ing editing job to do, and as always, you guys worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. So with that in mind, for our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westhoff, and from our entire teams at both the Cracked Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Networks, I'm your host, Alex Kruskin. You know what we say. That's the break, and we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.